You are listening to the Not So Darling Podcast. Hey, this is your host, Tanya Phillips, a socially awkward overthinker with the vocabulary of a well-educated sailor. On Not So Darling, we will discuss beauty, fashion, wellness, hot topics, honest conversations about family, friendship, marriage, and motherhood, and not taking ourselves so seriously because being perfect is lame. On this episode of Not So Darling, I will be talking to Mike Marooney from Shirley's Way. Shirley's Way was founded after the passing of Shirley Marooney from liver cancer. Before she died, family and friends stopped by to visit and told horrible stories about people they knew who had cancer and couldn't afford everyday items needed to live. Things like medicine, rent, mortgage, utilities, and food. Her son, which is Mike, made her a promise when she died that he would do something about it. This is the story of Shirley's Way. Hey, Mike. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Glad to, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I, I still work in corporate America and... Uh, uh, so what I do charity wise is is still on the side with hopes of starting it full time one day. Um, got a couple kids. I coach kids on a regular basis, basketball, volleyball, football, um, and just uh, saw a huge need when my mother died back in 2013 and decided to try and do something about it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how um, Shirley's Way came about. Well, when my mom died, um, right before she died, lots of people came to visit family and friends. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I hadn't really thought of what people go through when they're sick. And when right before she died a few weeks, again, they came to visit and, and proceeded to tell horrible stories of people they knew that, that were sick with cancer and, and, and couldn't afford everyday necessities of life. And I'm not talking about anything elaborate. I'm talking about food, utilities, um, medicine, and some situations where people actually choose to go without because they can't afford to live. So some people chose to die in some of these stories that people were telling. And I was just really shocked at, at that and, and didn't realize that that was a problem in especially the United States, that someone uh, couldn't afford to live because they were sick. Um, so when mom died, I promised her that I would, would try and do something uh, to change the world. And so we started Shirley's way probably two or three weeks after she passed. That's, that's, uh, an incredible story. Um, it's, it's really sad to think, like you said, um, uh, for people in the United States, um, that, you know, have to choose between living or dying, uh, and are not paying their bills or even be able to get, you know, medical care for these, these issues of health. Um, It's terrible. It is. I I didn't know, like I said, I was completely shocked. I've, I've been in corporate America all my life and I've always had insurance and had never really thought about it or seen the other side. And, and it's not just people that don't have insurance, even people with insurance, it's too expensive with co-pays and things like that. 
um, for people to survive. Uh, we've seen people's co-pays anywhere from five to $20,000. Um, and you have to pay that out of pocket before your insurance kicks in. And, you know, most people don't have that kind of money laying around, you know, the large majority of the world is paycheck to paycheck. And, and that's a reality. And even if you did, you wouldn't have much more than that to survive. So, um, you know, we're talking two, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars that could be a life-changing um, or life-ending decision mm -hmm. for people because they can't afford to pay that money. Yeah, I, I, my mouth just dropped uh, when you said some of the co-pays. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, wait, that's that's just unbelievable. Um, I, you know, I've heard of some of my friends talk about, you know, maybe some of their family members who have been ill and were struggling just to get by. Um, so I know that some of the ways that you all help are, like you said, for like their home, like house payments or surgeries, um, utility bills, rent, you know, prescriptions, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought before that um, and, and we're seeing this and, uh, um, but I thought before that, you know, doctors and, and surgeries would go on and just send you a bill. Now we're seeing where some things aren't, uh, being addressed medically until you can afford to pay the copays. And, and I can't, I have, I don't, we don't call the doctors. We don't call the insurance companies on behalf of the patients. And if I had one person report this, I think it would be, um, it would make me a little skeptical, but we're seeing where people actually have to pay the money up front or they're not accepted for the surgery or for the procedure or for whatever it is to try and save their life. And we get people calling and crying all the time saying, I've got to have $2,500 or they're not going to do the surgery. Um, and again, I, I've had people say that's not true, but then again, I mean, I, I don't, it, it's, uh, we live in an interesting world where money has become more important than lives. And, and um, I, I don't have any reason. To, and again, if I saw one person report it, but it's happening more and more that people are saying they have to have the money up front or they can't get the procedure. And to me, I, uh, it's just sad because I hear people all the time. They can't do that. They can't do that. Yes, they can. And they're doing it. Yeah. Um, and people can't afford to live because of it. Yeah, that, that's, that is true because I have some friends also who had, you know, just some pre, you know, uh, existing issues that they needed some surgeries for and that they had to pay up front before the, the surgery would take place. So yeah. that, that is a true statement and unfortunate. It really is because um, it, you know, to have to choose or to have to come up with the money or what, you know, like you said, what if you don't? So then if you don't have the money and, and, and they reach out to you, how does it work? How, how do you determine like who's? Well, it's a first come first serve. We don't ask for financial information from people. We've helped people that are pretty, pretty affluent, but that doesn't mean they have money. Um, and it's just, it's, we just believe in, in the calls and trying to help people. So the way it works is we used to take paperwork from people, um, but now it has to come from the doctor's office. And it's just a couple forms that doctors have to sign to prove that they were in their office, but it has to come from the, the nurse or the patient advocate at the hospital, because I just always worried about fraud. And then if we have the money, we'll pay it. When we first started parent paying, 
when we first started doing this, we had the money coming in to pay house payments, rent, mortgage, and several times we paid it for multiple people or multiple times for people. But now the need is so large and people are finding out more about us that we can't make that large of a payment anymore. So we're a lot of times we're doing gift cards to get groceries and things like that because we went from having one to two people a month call to probably 10 people a day. And we just don't have that type of money backing right now, but it's, it's first come first serve. Uh, and if the money's there and we're able to fulfill the need, we pay it. Um, we're not like a organization that requires you to drop your last five years of taxes and W-2s and then wait 30 days and we'll give you, because at that point, somebody's utilities are be cut off or, you know, it, it, it's, we, we try to be very quick and efficient, um, for those who are in need, but the, the paperwork has to actually come via email from the hospital. Okay, just so that there isn't any fraud, fraudulent. Yeah. We've only uh, had one case that I know of where I feel like somebody took advantage of us and it's not gonna happen again. Uh, and it's sad that you have to worry about that, but as you know, as well as I do, as many good people around the world, there's always gonna be that one or two people that that are going to try and, 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 and buck the system. So we just don't want to show up in the news as paying something that wasn't, in, wasn't a need. Right. If, if that happens or so that happened, did you, did you just do nothing? I mean, I don't know what they're in that situation. What do yeah, you do? People are pretty elusive. Um, we tried uh, to track the person down and uh, they would never return phone calls. And the only way we found out is, is the person's neighbor sent us a letter, <laughs> handwritten letter saying that this person didn't have breast cancer. She shaved her head and, and had been telling people she had it for some time. And um, so anyway, we were, we knew that it was, um, we knew that it was fraudulent, but again, it won't happen again because we, everything has to come directly from, directly from the hospital, the either patient advocate or the nurse or the doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was pretty livid when that happened, to be honest. And I just, I always assume the best in people. So, so anyway, we're glad we made that change. Yeah, I am too. And it's unfortunate too, because you think about just like that could have helped someone else maybe that possibly, you know, lost their life. Uh, well, yeah. And and this was a situation where she gave us a sob story where she wanted to get married before she died. Um, and she wanted to get married in um, Gatlinburg. And a friend of mine happened to have a condo or a chalet there. And we worked it out uh, to where she could um, get married before she died and come to find out she, <laughs> they didn't get married and, you know, the, the whole works. But, but anyway, it's happened once that I know of and it's not going to happen again. We've put things in place to keep it from happening it would be very difficult for somebody to do it again so mm -hmm. yeah what are some ways um that you do raise money for Shirley's Way because I know now you've created a lot of outlets um to to help your charity um and you also do like multiple uh charities is that is that right well what we've done is well yeah we have helped others um what we've done, I tell people I, I, when we started this, usually when somebody starts this, they have a rich aunt or uncle or friend that writes a million dollar check and they create their charity. Well, I didn't have that. Um, I don't know people in that status. So 
we started doing events to raise money. We started out with a 5K and I'm, I think you and your family and a lot of the people that our kids go to school with came for the first few. It was a great time. Um, then we got into some little concert events and um, doing different things to raise money. But last year, um, two years ago, we started a game called Queen of Hearts here in Louisville and and uh, we decided to put that game online. So I'd always wanted to put games online with websites. Um, so we put the Queen of Hearts game online and the pot got almost $800,000. Um, and while we were doing that, somebody came up and said, hey, have you heard about these electronic pull tab machines? They play like slot machines. And they caught me off guard. I was like, no, I had never heard of that. But they're, they're tablets or machines, you would see it like a VFW post. Um, so we applied and, and figured everything out and got it worked out. So we opened a little gaming room down in uh, next to Khalil's on Dixie Highway and and people are coming, having a good time, but people love gaming. Um, yeah. So it, we, we've had a ball with that, with games and split the pots, but that's our primary source of income right now because well, with the COVID it showed all, we had a couple events planned this year, a golf scramble, a, a poker run at the lake um, and several different concert things and all that's been canceled. Um, but yeah, with our gaming room, I, I believe all organizations should give at least 10% of the money they make to other charity so our gaming room that we do we we typically we started out we're, we had to stop it for a little while um but we, we've given 10 percent of the money we make in our gaming room to different things like uh, uh little league soccer little league baseball softball teams churches schools um and took some of that money and bought food uh, for teachers to come and grab and keep at their desk for kids that are hungry um so yeah we've we've tapped into a few different things because you know, I fairly believe in our cause, but I know there's other great, great causes out there. So we, we want to give back to those as well. You're such a charitable guy. I'm just looking at you saying, it's just, you know, I, it just really does warm my heart because I think about it. And like you said, you know, there are things in the world and bad people. And um, just to know that there are still good hearted people. It's just... oh, well, thank you. You all have done your part to help us out as well. There's been several times when you and your family have seen something I posted and and stood up and made a difference for the individual. And we thank you for that. And, you know, we've got a pretty good group of people. The other day I posted, um, we had somebody that needed a, a mobile table. Their mom was on their deathbed. So we had people donate those a couple of those hospital tables on wheels that they could wheel over their bed. And somebody needed their grass cut. She's got stage four cancer. So actually one of our Notre Dame parents, uh, David, he went and cut the grass on Saturday and had a lady, her, her dad is dying from cancer and he needed a, a shower stool. So, you know, it's not always just financial, um, especially now that we've been hit with this COVID crisis and we had to shut our gaming room down for a little while. But it's things like that that we're able to fulfill because the community believes in what we're doing and they step up to the plate. I mean, I, I feel like I can post just about anything within reason and somebody's gonna get it, has it, and gonna donate it. Um, it's I would have to agree, yeah. <laughs> and it's such it's such a great thing. I, I, just, I just love it. It just, like I said, it just really warms my heart to know that there are still good people that are willing to just give what they can give, no matter, yeah. no matter what. Even if it's just, you know, something random, it's just, it just, yeah. 
it's just great to know. It's it's shocking to see. Hell, a couple a couple weeks ago, we had a, a lady that uh, her air conditioner died, and she stage four. Didn't know what she was gonna do, and I reached out to my friend Scott Wright and him and. And Wright Mechanical and Plumbing Supply put together a deal and donated an air conditioner and installed it for free for this lady. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that's happening. That, and I always hesitate to mention that because I don't want Scott to get flooded with inquiries about free air conditioners because he can't do it all the time. But, but I mean, they made it happen. You should have seen this lady cry. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I can't get her face out of my sight because seeing her break down like that, knowing that somebody had made such a huge donation to help her out. We never met her before in our life and and they went over and did that for her. Um, but that's that's the true goodness in this world that we've got to to show and yeah. bring out and give people the opportunity to make something like that happen. Um, and to be and to be heard and to be seen, the good the good things. Yeah, I mean and and when people do good things, they don't want the recognition, but if people don't see what others do good in the community, then you don't have those good warm feelings but you don't always when people see stuff like that they think wow what can i do i'm missing the boat so hopefully that person absorbs what somebody like right mechanical did and they turn around and do something good in their realm for somebody else you know we're hoping it's catchy and it's picked up and people are starting to do good for others because they see the good that's happening right yeah that's mm. If, if, um, okay, so is it true that, uh, that Kentucky has the highest rate of cancer? Uh, I don't know that as a fact, but I think I have read somewhere that, yes, that is, I would say that's probably a true statement. Mm -hmm. I don't want to state something I don't know, but I have read something to that effect. Um, yeah, it's kind of scary I, I, knowing that we live here, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So, no, um, I, I literally was flipping yesterday. I was flipping through. Um, they were talking about like the highest, the states with the highest uh, mortality for like cancer and for heart disease and for this and for that. And I, and it was Kentucky was like on the top five of like so many of them. Yeah. And I just was cringing, thinking, oh, my goodness, why, why, why is that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that we have, it, that we also have a, um, um, if you look at the stats, our obesity rate is higher than some states. And, you know, obese people tend to lean towards the cancer rates, from what I understand. I, I don't know. I don't look at those stats, but I have read a few of those things here and there. Um, but I know obesity is big in Kentucky. Obviously, it's a smoking tobacco state and a bourbon state. You know, we have a lot of the bad habits, the pollution up and down the Ohio River with chemical plants and things like that. So, but yeah, I would, you know, you given all those factors, I could see where we would be number one in cancer in the top five easily. Yeah. Do you think uh, we will ever find a cure for cancer? You know, I don't know. I'm you hear those those uh conspiracy theorists and I'm not I'm not into conspiracies and I go back and forth on it but I told somebody the other day that that you know I think if there is a cure then Joe Biden's son would not have died from brain cancer because you're talking about somebody that has all the resources in the world at their fingertips and his son wasn't cured and I just think, you know, if there truly was a cure, he would have paid anything in the world to make his son healed 
are uh, healthy again, and, and it, it didn't happen. But then you see Jimmy Carter, who had brain cancer and went through one or two surgeries, and he's perfectly fine. Did he have the resources to go to other countries? I know other countries allow certain procedures that the United States doesn't allow, and, you know, maybe they're on to something. Um, so maybe Jimmy Carter went over there. I don't know how, but he went from brain cancer to being cured, from what I understand, and which is pretty amazing. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, there's a lot of money in it. Yeah, I would say <laughs> that, yeah, I would say that money plays a big factor in, and I'm not a big person on conspiracy either, but I would have to agree with what you're saying. It's 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 like a crystal ball. You look into it and you see all these things, but you don't know for sure if it's if it's real, you know? Yeah, you don't know what news source to believe. You don't know who to believe. You don't know because you hear of I've been read articles in national national medias uh, on the national media in different places about uh, doctors get kickbacks and in, in percentage payouts on depending on how much chemo they provide to patients and radiation. So they're based on their paid incentive on those. And I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, and you don't know what you can believe in the media. But I've seen that from several different media sources that doctors get paid. Um, you know, they're incentivized on how much they give. And, and you know, there's a lot of money in, in these treatments. And do you, do you are they looking for a cure or are they looking to tire everybody into a thousand dollar a month payment for the rest of their life? You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth with, with greed and the love of money takes over lives sometimes versus, you know, actually trying to save life. But I don't know, again, I, there's a lots of conspiracy theories out there, but I do believe there's enough money being made in treatments of all illnesses. Um, and, and, and it'll come out one day if there is with social media and everything the way it is eventually somebody will spill the beans you know right. just like they it's did in the cigarette industry when they found all those emails um between executives back in the whenever they did about trying to get people addicted to nicotine and things like that you know and the lawsuit yeah. started but you know something like that will eventually pop up i guess if it's true yeah and it's it's awful to think and then when you think of like right now in this this uh pandemic we've been in you know they're trying to rush to get this you know vaccination or yeah. whatever so it's like if you can rush for this world's you know this thing so why can't we rush and all these years we've had a research and 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 we do see progress in, on some of these things but or, you know, why, why isn't there like a vaccine for that? Or, you I know, mean, we got people with AIDS and uh, AIDS, yeah. HIV and all that that are living and AIDS has been around for long. I didn't never hear about AIDS until like the 80s. I don't know how long it's been around, but I kind of thought that was going to be the thing that would wipe out the planet. But they mm -hmm. fixed figured that out pretty quickly. So um, I mean, they figured I, it out to the T to where now if you had I think what is HIV, if you take the medication, yeah. you it's not even detectable. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly crazy. right. So I yeah. think they can. I know they can cure it. I'm sure it's a difficult disease, and I think they've made some progress, but I'm worried they're looking in treatments that people have to pay for monthly versus a cure. I mean, they want to lock people in as, as much money as they can for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's, I, I, I hate to say it, but I refuse to take medication if I don't have to. So I'm like, yeah. I'm not taking it. If they offer me something, I mean, I've, I've walked into doctor's offices uh, throughout all my health issues that I've had. Uh, and and they've said, oh, well, your blood pressure's low. Here, let's give you some medication. I'm like, no, no, wait, 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 you know. 
<laughs> I'm not taking that. Like, yeah. I'm not taking that. I'm yeah. fine. It's my blood pressure is low because I'm very, uh, my weight is so low and yeah. I'm, you know, and I'm active and whatever. And, and so I didn't need the medication. I, I just, I sometimes, I, I mean, I'm not saying the doctors aren't great because there are great doctors. Yeah. Um, it's just that some, I think, just want to get you in and get you out. So they're just going to offer you medication. And I think that's a whole nother story. But why we have the, you know, some of the drug addiction that we do in, in our community is because of those things. Yeah, they, I, they push those. And again, I, I don't know if they're being incentivized. I, I would venture to say that, and I don't know if it's even legal, but I'm sure it was at one time that doctors were making commission off of whatever they were able to push. And I have no proof of that, but I just feel like some of that happens. Um, but again, a lot of your national media had had 60 Minutes did a report once on doctors making percentages and commission off chemo treatments. And, you know, when money gets involved, if you got your eye on a house in California on the coast, then you can, all it takes is to prescribe two or three people extra chemo treatments. Are you going to do it so you can get your house on the coast? I don't know. But greed in this world, I think, really takes over in some instances. I just couldn't do that. Even as a doctor, like I just have such. You've a got a heart. conscience. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you like, know? how could you do? How could you live with yourself knowing yeah. that there are people who are, yeah, you know, suffering or dying, and just to not do anything? And I don't know. I just that just kills me. I can't. I don't know. Anyways, so uh, okay. I know we talked about some of the events that you do offer, and right now you know, some of the concerts that you've had and things like that are put on hold or canceled at this time. But I know about the Queen of Hearts um, and I've been playing that and I'm hoping my numbers didn't go out because <laughs> I'm like, shoot, did my yeah. numbers go out? Because I didn't get to see it last night. I don't, what number went out last night? I think it was 34. I'm trying to remember. Um, it wasn't my number then. <laughs> I actually, I usually take a picture of the board and I walked out of there last night and I didn't, I had to head up later and take a picture of the board, but we video it every week on Facebook. But, um, so yeah, we got queen of hearts and there was two other games that we found these games. Somebody had told me about this game. Actually, the gaming commission told me about the queen of hearts when I was applying for the gaming license and I blew them off. Um, and somebody was in Chicago at a bar and they said they saw this game that we needed to look into and called Queen of Hearts. So I Googled it and watched it on YouTube and it was unbelievable. So I contacted Khalil's and we did Queen of Hearts. But there's there's two other games called Joker's Wild board games that you might see in like a bingo hall. A lot of these are played in bingo halls, but they're boards, but none of them have websites for them. So we took Queen of Hearts. Uh, there's another board game called Joker's Wild. We do every Wednesday. That's online. And one called Wheel of Cash every Friday. So Mondays we have queenofheartslive.org is the website. Uh, Wednesdays is jokerswildlive.org. And Fridays is wheelofcashlive.org. So we put these online. Um, and, you know, the games are a lot of fun. $2 tickets. and um, But it's a lot of fun. But, you know, that's our primary source of income. And uh, the other thing we do, we're really pushing is uh, monthly donations. We're, we're really trying to get as many people to do a $10 monthly donation. And you can do that at Shirley'sWay.org and set it up. Um, but we're really trying hard to get about $10,000 a month and regular $10 donations a month per person. Um, and we've got several people that have signed up for it. Um, so, but it's, you know, we've multiple ways to do and 
and do things online. Our online presence is bigger than uh, some other organizations. And I think that really helps because uh, it's easy for somebody to hop online and do something versus showing up at an event or things like that. Yeah. Um, I know the last time that Queen of Hearts, like you said, it got up up there. Yeah. And everybody was, whew, that The was... first one got to $787,000. Um, and the crazy thing about it, the girl that won, she was her first time she bought tickets online. Um, and she was, she bought five tickets, so $10 worth. And she was at a baseball fundraiser for her son. And some people were over in the corner, knew about Queen of Hearts, and she wasn't really thinking much about it. And they were watching it online and they started screaming, get over here, get over here, Leslie, you just won, you just won. And she didn't know what they were talking about. So they're at a little league baseball fundraiser. Um, and she, uh, she won, she won after, after taxes and everything, uh, she got a quarter of a million dollars. Um, oh, wow. And when she came in to pick up her check, she broke down on us and said that they were in such a bind. They didn't know what they were going to do because one of her in-laws had just died from cancer. And the other one, the, the one that was still alive, was about to lose their house. Um, so, you know, you talk Bless about you. killing two birds with one stone, so to speak. Uh, so she got the money. They were able to help the in-law that was still alive because the other one died of cancer. And it was just an, an unbelievable story. Um, so true blessing, true yeah, blessing. See all the good, work, you know? <laughs> yeah. See all the good you're doing. I know as a person that has to feel so good. I mean, and, and just to see that and hear the stories and to know that you're helping out, um, that has to feel so pretty amazing. It does. You know, I don't think about it much, but then there'll be that one story that'll just get me and rip your heart out that you hear and, and knowing that you were able to bring people together to do something about it is, is pretty rewarding. It's, like I said, it's a, a lot of the community has kind of wrapped their arms around us because they see what we actually do. And I, I just really think that has made a huge difference because not you know, there's a lot of good organizations out there, but not many of them, especially the larger ones, touch the community like we do. Um, I would have to agree because I always push your all's organization to everyone. I'm like, okay, I know a great <laughs> organization you can donate to. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Like I said, but I, you see what we do with the money. Yes. You know, the other large organizations, they're awesome, but you never see what happens with the money. And I, and I don't care what they pay their executives. I think you pay people based on their worth. If you have somebody bringing in $20, 30000000 million, then yeah, they should make a million dollars a year. I don't care if it's charity or not, but they never see where the money is spent. And I think that's where organizations are screwing up because people want to see where their money goes in 2020. I mean, they, they want to see where it goes. Um, so, and we're completely transparent with that kind of thing. So are there any, any new things, uh, Shirley's way is doing other than what you said or new things on the horizon possibly? Um, or are you allowed to say yet? Well, no, we don't. I mean, we don't, it's mainly gaming. I'm really hoping to t turn this gaming location into one hot place where people are in there playing all the time, having a good time, winning some money having a few drinks and 
and turn it into a really fun atmosphere. And that's really the goal of that location. I, you know, people have events all the time, white tie dinners, and those are okay. And But I, I don't look good in a suit. So I prefer <laughs> go to a, a place and, and play some games and have a good time and hang out with my friends versus sitting down at a black tie event where they're really trying to drag as much money as they can out of you. And I like those things sometimes, but, you know, most people don't enjoy that. They go because they feel like they have to. Um, but we try to build things that are fun. We're, we're hoping that we're going to be allowed to do the Cabo party again in January. That's a blast. Um, and I'd like to do one or two of those a year. Um, not that, that much, but like have a big concert in the parking lot up in front of our office. We got a huge parking lot there that's vacant after about eight thirty nine 9 o'clock. And, you know, we could have a huge festive crowd up there um, for an event with, you know, live music and things like that. I, I see us do more and think doing more things like that. Mm -hmm. That sounds fun. Yeah, That's it is. It's a good time. How, how, um, how many people do you think that Shirley's Way has helped? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I used to, the, the, I've tried to track that before, but when mm -hmm. we first started, somebody might be, you know, when we might be working one or two patients and it was easier for us to pay multiple things for somebody like LG&E, water and food and, and a rent payment. But now we can't do that. But but I know we are. We were actually getting ready to try and plan a million dollar give party um, before this COVID stuff hit. We're right at $980,000 that we've given away uh, since 2014. Um, wow. That was, that was another question I was going to ask is how much yeah. money has you raised? Wow. That's yeah. Well, that's not raised. That's given. We've raised oh, more than goodness. that, but that's given. We've given away in the form of utility bills, food, rent, mortgage, prescriptions, almost a million dollars. Um, that's actually given to people in need. Um, so, so yeah, I've had other people say, wow, that's a lot raised. It's not raised. It's actually given. Um, wow. So, but yeah, we were very close to that. So it's easier to track that number, but um, man, I don't know. I'd have to look and see how many people we've actually touched. You know, at one time when the Queen of Hearts was really rocking, we were giving away $30,000 a month um, mm -hmm. in the form of utility bills, rent, mortgage, things like that. Uh, and that's what we're hoping we get back to with, you know, the Queen or the gaming machines and things like that. I hope, I hope that that's the case too. Um, you know, we got this gaming room we opened. We got a lot of flack over that. People are saying we're spending donated money on a room. Well, one, you to grow, you have to spend money. I don't care if you're a charity or not. But two, most people don't realize that I had a vision of some cool looking carpet in there. I posted on Facebook, hey, anybody know anybody that lays carpet? Um, and a friend I had only met one time said, my husband does, he's going to reach out to you. He got five carpet layers in Louisville together. They put all the corporate, all the uh, corporate style carpet they had together and donated every bit of it and installed it for free. Probably a $15,000 carpet job. Um, didn't cost us a penny. Your husband went into it at our back floors and charged us cost only. And uh, people went in and framed up and did drywall, didn't charge us a penny. The electricians went in and charged us for materials only. So I laugh at the people that say we wasted money because we didn't hardly spend a penny to open this room up. So, right. um, but the community rallied around what we were trying to do and, and made it happen. So, but I, I think we got the potential to make a whole lot of money if we can get the word out about 
about these gaming machines. So, well, hopefully, I can help spread the word a little more to maybe some some people who don't know about Shirley's Way. Um, it's it's frustrating to me to think that people would accuse you um, of that or your organization. Um, it just really kind of annoys me. It makes me mad, really, because I do see the things that you all have done and continue to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, you and I don't know each other very well, but I think we know each other enough to know what we're we're trying to accomplish in our hearts, and and you see that. But somebody that doesn't know me personally, I get it because there's so many scams in the world um, that that people are so skeptical in the world today that they assume everything is a scam, and so many things are. So I kind of get it, but if we can prove to you we're not then, you know, some people just don't want to listen. We send messages out about our gaming room on a pretty regular basis. And every now and then somebody will send a snarky remark about you're stealing from people and you should be ashamed of yourself. And it just, it used to bother me, but now I just kind of laugh about it because it's not true. So I don't know why it would bother me, but, but, uh, but now it, it, for the most part, it's all good comments and people want to participate, but just, but just people are so skeptical these days. Yeah, and I mean, I can I can see that stuff too. I, but it's just real frustrating um, to you know to think about all the good you do, and then just to for someone to yeah, you ought to be on the receiving end of it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't like it because I'll tell you what, I would be like the worst for something like that. I have to build up a, a tougher shell before I can do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, so okay, so you also have T-shirts that say cancer sucks yeah uh, they have the logo on them i've seen them around louisville i've seen them outside of louisville throughout posts that you have shared um and i actually own one i love the neon <laughs> pink and it says cancer sucks um yeah. and so everyone you know when i wear it they're like that's cool so how did you come up with that cancer sucks logo yeah, after mom died, I was I used to run all the time, and we were signed up to do the Triple Crown of Louisville, and the first 5K was coming up, and uh, a couple of my friends from high school I hadn't seen in years was standing at the start line of the 5K, and both of them had had Cancer Sucks shirts made, and, you know, it was it was a pretty special moment, and as I'm running, trying to think of what I can do, because like I said, I promised my mom I would do something that, uh, that would help change the world, I kept thinking, well, sell Cancer Sucks shirts, so we started printing bright orange cancer suck shirts and selling them to people um, that were runners and bright orange, you can see the mile away. So we put the cancer sucks logo with the website on the front and the back of the shirt. So if you're running, you see somebody in front of you, you see the logo, you're basically running billboards. And a lot of the people we had 50, 60 people running together at the time. And a lot of us, you know, we all had them and that translated into other people wanting them. And it, that's kind of how it spread and started. But, but yeah, Carla and Wendy had their had their cancer suck shirts on they made and they gave me one of them. I've got it. But uh, Carla had done something with hers. So I don't have hers, but I got one of the original ones when we started this stuff. Um, but that's how it got started is just writing cancer sucks on a shirt. And, yeah. And we started mass producing them and selling them bright orange ones. And the pink ones were an accident. I was just going to sell orange shirts. And I'd said something to our printer about printing a different type of pink shirt 
um, for the fair and he printed probably the one you have and we sewed out of them in a day at the state fair and we had to reorder them. So he, he actually delivered them to the fair and dropped them off for us because we were just ordering them by the box full. Um, but yeah, they, they were selling like hotcakes, especially at the fair. Mm -hmm. Do you still sell the shirts? We do. Actually, we've steered, veered off and was doing a few different ones and the other ones didn't sell real well. And we actually talked this week about just getting back to what we started with and doing those shirts and those shirts only. So, you know, sometimes you miss the miss the mark on things because you think, oh, you got to do something different. But sometimes doing what you're doing and continuing it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a, I have another shirt, too. It's it's the purple with the, the hands and the yeah that one's one of everybody's favorites we did that at the 5k one year that's probably where you got yeah. that mm -hmm. and everybody loves it because of how soft the material is so yeah i do love it it is very soft and i still i love my pink though yeah. i get compliments on it more than i did the purple but yeah. i am a more of a fashion person so i like the bright colors <laughs> <laughs> all right so tell my listeners how they can help yeah, play our games or go to the website, shirleysway.org, and sign up for a regular monthly donation. We're getting close to hitting our goal for 2020 on regular monthly donations, and I'm talking about just a $10 donation. And what we're doing there is, again, people like raffles and giveaways. So anybody that's signed up for a $10 monthly donation, we randomly give things away. We're putting together a $200 gift basket um that we're gonna draw a winner out of out, out of our monthly donors um probably next week um and that's usually got gift cards and things like that in it so shirleysway.org and sign up for a regular ten dollar monthly donation or or go out to one of our gaming sites shirleysway.org has all of our gaming sites on them but it's queenofheartslive.org uh jokerswildlive.org and wheelacashlive.org and it's monday wednesday friday is our gaming days um or come out and check out our machines. We had people, we've got people winning money left and right and and we're still making a profit off of them. Um, not where we wanna be, but it, it'll grow eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we got a, several regulars in there that absolutely love those machines. They say they would rather go there than anywhere else at this point. Mm, that's so. good, that's really good news, so. Yeah, they pay out a larger percentage than some of the other gaming locations around town, so. Um, so yeah, they, they say they go to the other places and never win a penny, but every time they come in our place, they win something. And they said, you know, even when I lose, I feel good because I know where the money's going. Well, that's what I was going to say. Cause yeah. it is so hard for me to go to yeah. the boat and put that $20 in and I'm holding it and I'm pulling back on it. Like, no, no I can't do it. But I would definitely just think, not even think twice, just putting it in the machine and saying, okay, let's just chance it and see. <laughs> well, that's been that's been the going saying that I, at least I know where it's going if I lose and we prefer to give it to you than somebody else. So and that's, you know, that, that's true. I mean, I'm glad people feel that way because that's that's keeping us going and it's giving making people winners because, you know, they they get to win some money on sometimes. And um, but anyway, it's fun. Everybody, a majority of the people in this world love a good time. They love gaming. They love raffles. And that's really kind of what we're basing all of our stuff on, because I filled out a few grants over time and we've got some grant money, but man, the grants are a real pain to deal with because uh, some grants you got to justify where the money spent and turn in all kinds of receipts and track this and shoot, it cost me a, a full-time employee to track all that stuff. So it's, it's really not worth it to us. Um, it was at the beginning, but I have no, 
desire to chase down grant money anymore. Gaming yeah. is more fun, so. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Okay, so we've come to the end of the podcast where I ask the same four questions to all my guests. Uh-huh. Uh, and so name something in your life you've done that wasn't so darling. Wasn't so what? Darling. Darling. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, the name <laughs> of your podcast, I like that. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I've always been scared of getting in trouble, so I've never really done much. Um. Let me think about that one for a minute. Okay. Well, what about, uh, do you find anybody to be darling? Like, who do you find to be so darling? Um, the couple of ladies that I have working in the office, both of them's name is Mary, actually. Um, and we just brought on somebody uh, by the name of Kelly. You know, the Marys, they keep us all in line. They handle all the paperwork, and they are just complete darling people. Um, they're They're amazing. And um they both of them are just unbelievable so so they're very darling to me <laughs> well okay what's in your closet <laughs> <laughs> what's in my closet a bunch of clothes that don't fit me right now actually <laughs> <laughs> okay let's talk about one thing that's probably in there that's really really cool is those tall boots that you wear when you dress up as uh what gene simmons from oh Kiss? yeah i forgot about those yeah, yeah. yeah you talk about a walking billboard i big kiss fan and um so i got the costume and dressed up and i actually the first time i did it i uh is it was at another 5k run and i walked through and i'm actually very i'm not one believe it or not flamboyant where that's the it took me a few minutes i almost backed out um but i had somebody come in at five in the morning and do my gene simmons makeup and had the gear on and i walked uh I went to the 5k and I walked through 15,000 people at that 5k. I walked right through the middle of them and they were given high fives. And, but I did that because I put our cancer sucks Shirley's way logo on my chest and my back. So I was a walking billboard dressed up as a Gene Simmons. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, it was uh, walking in eight inch heels was, was pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was really cool though. You looked like, like almost like him seriously. Yeah. It, well, thanks. It, it the make, makeup is very difficult to put on. I kiss is very successful, but if I had to put that makeup on every day like they do for a concert, I would lose my mind. It's very difficult. But anyway. yeah, yeah. Okay, so how would you describe your home decor? <laughs> home decor, uh, country. I guess it was. We just remodeled a little bit and did some cabinets, but uh, hardwood floors, country style. Um, and simple, you know, we're, we're very simple people. So, yeah. Okay. So can you, um, name something in your life you've done that wasn't so darling? Not so yeah. darling. <laughs> uh, well, it's I did cut school once, um, <laughs> a long time ago. And I, I, I don't know, you know, people cut school all the time and never got in trouble. But the one time I did it, my, I went, um, we used to go to eat breakfast our kids used to go eat breakfast at Shoney's on Dixie and I cut school one time we ate breakfast and I kid you not my chemistry teacher walked in there it's almost like they knew we were there talk to me not a big deal and I thought everything was going to blow over when I got that call at school the next day to come down to the office and that's back when they were given licks and I got two licks from my football coach for that um but yeah, that was not so darling and it ended up being painful. And to say the least, I never cut school again. But again. Yeah. <laughs> I was just amazed at how many people cut school and never got in trouble or they got in trouble and didn't care. But I, again, I never liked to be in trouble. So 
Um, but that either. was the one first and last time that I ever did that. And it, it, it equaled pain and I'm not doing, I wasn't doing it again. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You learned your lesson. Let's Absolutely. Say. I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you again, uh, Mike, so much for coming on. And I will have to say as a mom, your mother is very proud. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I'm hope she's watching down before she died. She said she'd wish she'd seen the ocean and, uh, we, Panama City Beach um, had some benches. A friend was down there, and we ended up getting one. Um, but I tell everybody she's sitting over the ocean now, watching over us. So she's sitting on the beach in the pier of Panama City with her name on a on a bench. Um, but yeah, I always tell everybody I feel like she's watching down over us and sitting on on the bench, looking out over the ocean. So yeah, I I, I would say yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, thank All you right. again. Thank you so much. I'll look up the podcast. Okay. Yes, please do. All right. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, it would be so darling if you would take a screenshot of the podcast and share it to your Instagram or Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag Not So Darling Podcast. <laughs>